Good morning. This is AB and this is the Talk About God podcast. Father, thank you for this day. Um, I saw that the hummingbirds might be back. So I've got feeders out. I'm so excited. So ready to see them. Um, I don't know. They just, they bring me a really stupid amount of joy. Um, So if it is your will, please bless our home um, with your wonderful little creatures. Thank you for coffee. Thank you for the very breath in my lungs. Um, The thing that I take for granted probably the most is the fact that you quite literally keep me here and keep me living. And I'm not sure why, but I thank you for it. And I pray that you guide me in it. Um, I went back to Deuteronomy. Um, I've been listening. This is before Easter to the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Hacks and and all of that. Um, Just because it, it always... I don't know. It always gives me hope. Um, and I'm thankful for it, but I wanted to go back because I need, I need good roots, father. I need to know who you are. Um, and that's not to say that the early Christians, the early, um, Oh my goodness. My brain's not going to function today. I thank you, Lord. Um, Anyway, that's not to say that the early Christians, those who were not Jewish, did not know you. I just know that you give me every tool for a reason. So if I have the Old Testament, I'm going to read it. So anyway... It's going to drive me nuts that I cannot think of that simple word. Um, Gentile. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So picking up Deuteronomy chapter 12. It turns, it starts out with the laws of the sanctuary. What jumped out to me on this is of course, Another, you should tear down everything that, you know, you come to in these foreign lands. Tear it all down. Um, Obliterate their name from that place. I did see, I was watching a, like, archaeologist's discoveries things. And they found a shrine that had been turned into a bathroom. And apparently the Jews really liked doing that. They would come in and when they found a shrine, they would turn it into a, literally a place that they relieved themselves um, instead to desecrate uh, that place, which I found absolutely hilarious. Um, So your people got a good sense of humor. Um, But this also goes on to say, seek the Lord at the place which the Lord will choose out of all your tribes to establish his name for his dwelling place. There, you shall bring a burnt offerings or sacrifices, tithes and contributions of your hand, offerings and free will offerings and the firstborn of your herd and your flock. Um, And it goes on, you shall not do at all 
what we are doing here in the camp today. Every man is doing what's right in his own eyes. So it's saying you can't sacrifice just anywhere and quit acting just, yeah, like this. Be careful that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every place you see. Um, and then I found it super funny because I've seen people say that you shouldn't like the argument for, I guess, vegetarianism or whatever is you shouldn't eat deer. Oh my gosh. They're God's creatures. Um, here for everyone's reference, Deuteronomy 15, it is like quite literally the last sentence. So Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 15 The unclean and clean may eat it, such as the gazelle and the deer. However, you may... Let me back up. Verse 15. However, you may slaughter and eat meat within any of your city gates, whatever you wish, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. The clean... Unclean and clean may eat it, such as the gazelle and the deer. So, in the presence of God, men have been eating deer. Just saying. Anyway. Um, if the place that your Lord chooses, chap- verse uh, 21 chapter 15 if the place of the lord god chooses to put his name is too far from you then you may slaughter animals from your herd just as i commanded you and you may eat them within your city gates whatever you may you wish basically you don't have to sacrifice every single thing anymore however you shall take your holy things which you have to offer you shall take them and go to the place where the lord will choose so Again, it's just, it it explains why Jewish culture no longer does sacrifices. Because the temple is where you were to do that. And, of course, the holy temple has been destroyed. And so they can't just sacrifice anywhere. Per God's law, you're not allowed to just sacrifice anywhere. Um, But it goes on with a warning. Beware that you are not lured into following them, which is referring to the tribes that you drive out. Um, after they've been destroyed before you and that you do not inquire of their God saying, how do these nations serve their gods that I may too do likewise? Don't do it. Here's what got me though, father. Here's what got me. And I'm just gonna have to read it all. Cause it's, it's, it's rough. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse six. If your brother, the son of your mother or the son of your daughter, or the son, or son of daughter, oh my gosh, I can't even read today, Father, if your brother, the son of your mother, or your son or daughter, or the wife you cherish, or your friend, who is as precious to you as your own life, entices you secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods, whom neither you nor your fathers have known, of the gods of the peoples who are around you or near you or far from you 
from one end of the earth to the other. You shall not consent to him or listen to him, and your eyes shall not pity him, nor shall you spare him or conceal him. So let me let me break that down because I was I stumbled through it. If someone I love dearly, a relative, close friend, otherwise, is trying to get me to go worship another god, I am not to pity them. I am not to conceal them. I can't hide them. I am to call them out. It goes on to say, instead, you shall most certainly execute him. Your hand shall be the first to be raised against him and put him to death. And afterwards, the hand of all the people. So I have to cast the first stone. Man. Man. It stinks. Because it's so harsh, but you're so holy and you're so good. And so it's really hard to reconcile. But because you're holy, I mean, sin can't be present before you. And to worship any other god is just lunacy. Mm, Thank you for coffee. I can tell I'm off today, though, because my coffee is a little wonky. It's not um, the normal, fabulous coffee that I have. I mean, it's still good. Don't get me wrong. I'm still thankful for it. So thank you. I just want to, you know, murmur like a Israelite. Well, like the Jewish people walking across Exodus. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um... It goes on to do the clean and unclean animals and all the things. But I just, I still have to say like that, that passage, bother, it was rough. Um, because it's basically saying that you're going to lose those you love, right? And it doesn't matter who it is. If they're not with you, then they're against you. And if they're against you, they have no place within the community. Um, this particular community, you know, this was, of course, the Israelites living in the desert, um, kind of band together in a tribe, all protecting one another and all that stuff. And so it's basically saying that if they, if they want to stray, they don't deserve, um, any of that, which is, I just, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, again, in chapter 14, and we talk about clean and unclean animals, um, you, it says that you may eat ox, sheep, goat, deer, gazelle, roebuck, wild goat, ex, uh, I, ibex, antelope, and mountain sheep. Those are animals that you said do perfectly fine. Um, then, of course, it says again that if, if the place where your Lord puts his name is too far for you to carry, you know, whatever it is you have to offer, then you sell what you have for offerings. You take the money, you carry the money with you. And then when you get to Jerusalem at this point, like the, he's going to put his, I know he puts a city in his place in Jerusalem, his temple. Um, then you buy what you want to then give an offering. Um, again, warns don't neglect the Levites because they're the ones that take care of the temple. And then of course, 
going through everything so quick. You get to the sabbatical year, which is something that is so foreign to me. The sabbatical year. Um, so every seven years, you have to... And this is where I get the idea that the slavery of the Bible is not the same as the slavery that was practiced. Um, Deuteronomy 15, chapter 12. If your fellow Israelite, Hebrew man and woman is sold to you and serves for six years, then in the seventh year you shall set them free. When you set them free, you shall not let them go away empty-handed. You shall give them a generous provision of, from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. You shall give it to him as the Lord has blessed you. And you shall remember and thoughtfully consider that you were once a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord, your God redeemed you. Therefore, I'm commanding you these things um, today. Now, if the servant says to you, I will not leave you because he loves you and your household since he is doing well with you, then you pierce their ear uh, and they, they become your servant for life. Now they still get taken care of very well and all of those things. Um, But anyway, and then we get into the Feast of Passover um, again, which, again, the repetition just tells you how important it is because we've talked about Passover a lot. We've talked about the Feast of Weeks as well and the Feast of Booths. Um, he goes on again to tell tell them to, of course, appoint judges, um, pursue justice and only justice. So that you may live and take possession of the land which your Lord your God is giving you. You shall not plant for yourself an asherah of any kind of tree or wood beside the altar of your God which you shall make. Um, and of course the asherah, this, I've talked about this before, that that was the wooden symbol of a female deity. And when I did that Google search, somehow there was an asherah that had that and Yahweh, which is God. Um, and somebody had, had wrongfully linked the two together, um, which I'm sure they know now anyway. Um, this is also (laughs) where I think our forefathers, I just random, um, not this particular passage. I'm jumping ahead in chapter 17, verse 15. Um, I think this is where our forefathers of the United States get their whole requirement that you have to be born and raised in the United States to be a president. Um, verse 15. So it is Deuteronomy 17, 15. You shall most certainly set a king over you whom you, the Lord your God chooses. You shall set a king from among your countrymen. You may not choose a foreigner to rule over you who is not your countryman. And then for whatever reason, he goes on to say that you can't go get, like, you can't have war horses. Like, you can have them, but don't go searching them out to acquire a bunch of war horses for yourself. Um, And definitely don't go back back to Egypt. Um, Here's another thing. And I think this is where a lot of people, a lot of Christians start having issues with all the magic shows and movies and things, right? Like that. I, I know that there are a lot of, um, at least when I was growing up, there were a lot of gung ho Christians that would not let their kids watch Harry Potter and things like that. Um, 
I think that you have to be sure that you do so in, in a light um, that acknowledges that this is just complete make-believe, right? It's still good versus evil, which is that age-old story um, of morality and things like that. Um, that's my personal opinion on it. Those who, who still feel like it's not allowed, then more power to you. Like, I, I'm not going to tell anyone how to raise their own kid. Um, I myself am a nerd. I, uh, I like anything far-fetched, but again, I also know that I'm not going to go out and try and, you know, play with magic and provoke my God. Cause I'm not, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> Deuteronomy 18 verse 10, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire as a sacrifice, one who uses divination and fortune telling, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens or or a sorcerer, or one who casts a charm or spell, or a medium or a spiritist or a necromancer who seeks the dead. Um, I think that's all quite well and good. I mean... I think that I personally was always drawn to those kind of nonsensical things. Um, But when you don't give things weight, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I could just be losing my mind too and totally wrong, which is also fine. And Lord, I pray that you, you guide me in it. Um, I can say I don't practice any of those things. And I surely don't seek them out. Oh man, all the goodness is in the bottom of the cup. It's always fun when that happens. Okay. He goes on to say that he's going to raise up another prophet like Moses. Because we know, um, I know it's been so long since we got this, but Moses is getting up there they're working on crossing into the Jordan and this is Moses giving his last it's like his last hurrah like okay guys circle up I'm not going to be with you much longer here's what you need to know that's what the book of Deuteronomy is um and so he, he just keeps warning them when you go in uh when you go into these different places, decimate everything and remove their gods. You must remove their gods. He tells them this over and over and over, which tells me, judging by the historical asteroids and things like that, you can tell that that didn't necessarily happen, which is part of their problem, I'm sure. Um, so there's this verse that's always quoted to uh, life for a life, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand, foot for a foot. Um, this is regarding those who are guilty and it's not that you get to judge, right? It's not like somebody can come up and just punch me in the face and then I automatically like knock out a tooth and then I automatically get to knock their tooth out. No, you go before the judges. You go before the judges. This is why we have the death penalty because it's a life for a life, right? And so you go before the judges and the judge is the one who decides. 
And if the judge then decides, yes, you know, you lost your hand in this farming situation that wasn't really an accident. This person acted maliciously, so we're going to take their hand as well. Like, that's what it was referring to, not... I don't know. You didn't get to decide yourself, essentially. There were judges. There have always been judges, and there will, should always be. Of course, in this lovely um, society we live in now where, you know, all of the internet is a courtroom and everyone's a judge. Everyone. Um, And so quickly to condemn. It's insane how quick everyone is to condemn one another. It's really quite sad. Um, But it makes all of this so much harder. And with that, Lord, please be with our country. (laughs) I know... I know there's a lot of things going on right now. There's a lot of unrest and a lot of things that aren't settled. And we are having so many issues. So many issues. But I trust you. I do. I trust you to know that you are good. Goodness, to know that you've got this. I trust you. Even when I try and take it upon myself and act like I don't trust you because, hey, that's just my style, right? And then I get to come back and ask for forgiveness for being untrustworthy. Un- is it it's untrusting? I don't know. For having little faith, right? Ye of little faith. I will say I was listening to uh, Matthew this morning. And it reads to me and I hear Jesus say, ye of little faith. How long will I put up with your wicked way? Like you wicked people or whatever. And he's talking about his own apostles. Because they hadn't been able to heal this. Cast out the demons in this boy. That a man had brought to them. And then it's when he goes on to say. You know if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed. You can move a mountain. And I'm like oh man. Go ahead and just. Harley convict. I don't know. Yeah, convict. Go ahead and convict me. Um, Because there are so many things that I want to see put right. And I like, I don't know how to get that faith of a mustard seed that if I had just that amount, I could make a mountain move. I got mountains. (laughs) We all have mountains. And I know we would all love to see them move. And so, Lord, I just, I pray that you guide us in this, that you build our strength, that you give us wisdom, that you build up our faith, that you raise up a new generation. A new generation that is going to be so incredibly unashamed. And so well rooted in you. That nothing else matters. And I would love to be a part of that generation. Pretty please. <laughs> can you raise up my generation? So that we can like. You know help our children. Because the way the world's going. We need. We need it now. We need it now father. It's hard to be patient. When you look around and you see the world the way it is. 
when you see human trafficking <laughs> it's awful when you watch a government just sink further and further into oh set in their ways right set in their ways so anyway I pray that you be with us I pray that you got us and my dog got her she sees a cat that she really wants and I won't let her have it and I pray that you be with that little cat I'm sure it got a nice scare this morning but I thank you Lord for all that you do and all that you've given us in Jesus amazing name I pray amen all I can say is get in the word get in the word get in the word Um, we're all broken. We are all broken. So you're not alone. And God is good. 